This is Scratch Your Own Itch, the one show that delivers the conversations that we're afraid to share, but need to. This show is all about creating a life worth living. I'm Logan Tyler Nelson, and I'm your host. So you're going to hear conversations with creators and entrepreneurs talk about what they do, their current and past traumas, how they became who they are, and what they are truly curious about. This is the show where we talk about the things we think about a lot, but need to talk about more. Please take note that this show is not a substitute for actually creating a life worth living, because this show will stir your beliefs, make you question what it means to create a life worth living. So my promise to you is to always give you one question to answer for yourself today, to start turning your dreams into a reality. I was a fat kid growing up at uh, around age 11. I got um, basically beat up and humiliated by an older group of boys. And it was a situation 
where afterwards, like, I didn't fight back at the and was just like, you know, after it was over, I just had this, this feeling of humiliation and anger uh, that I didn't again. And so that's where my first journey into fitness started. I started bodybuilding. I wanted to feel empowered. And uh, that's where the journey first started. And uh, my dad got me into building when I was when I was young, you know, right, right around that time. And so that just gave me a sense of, of control, um, of, of power, I guess. And so I got into that really hardcore and it really changed my life, changed my body, gave me um, structure, discipline, guidance. I just devoured anything that had to do with bodybuilding, really got into that. And uh, at around uh, a few years after that, I Uh, uh, dealing weed. So I, again, saw that, viewed it as a form of control and, and power in a sense. It allowed me to <clears throat> kind of make my own financial decisions. And uh, so I did that and treated it more as a, like a, a business and like I was doing well financially, but as the as everything grew, kind of a sense of anxiety grew along with it. With uh, the dealing drugs started with weed and eventually led into me uh, dealing drugs through uh, Mexico. Um, Xanax, Valium, steroids, that kind of deal. And so, again, doing well financially, but the growing sense of anxiety, I knew um, I wouldn't stop it on my own. Like it was too much of a rush um, doing it. And I, I just wasn't able to stop. And so I ended up having a lower back injury. I was working out. That was my identity and all that I knew. Uh, and I, I hurt my back, hurt my lower back deadlifting. And I had to experiment with painkillers. I was at this point pretty much addicted to them. I had been exposed to them the first time I had a... Uh, like strep throat, I believe. And I, those were part of, I had Oxycontins that I was selling and I had never taken them before, but I had strep throat and I thought, you know, I'll just try one of these and see if that helps. And I took it and, and loved it. I felt, oh my God, you know, why haven't I been taking these before? So I was doing jujitsu at the time. I would take them before I went to jujitsu practice, took them before I worked out and just started taking more and more. and in the gym that day deadlifting, when I hurt my back, I was already on painkillers. So then that just magnified uh, my taking of them. Doses went up and I figured out also that I was really addicted. And my identity just got taken from me in an instant because all that I knew was me being strong, me working out. And then all of a sudden I couldn't do that anymore. So... That took me into a dark path. Drug usage continued to increase. Um, I was taking up to 800 milligrams of Oxycontin at a time. Um, I was at the point to where I, I, I knew I needed help and began to kind of reach out to my family or was about to when somebody told me about just going to a methadone clinic. 
So for those that don't know, methadone is like a synthetic opiate with opiate blocker in it. So once you saturate your system with that, um, you are no longer able to get high from any other opiate source. So I and that was a quick fix. It took me from spending about $300 a day on my Oxycontin habit uh, down to about $50 a week. And for whatever reason, around the same time, I felt like it was a good idea for me to start doing cocaine and selling that as well. And uh, I got to the point to where I uh, had sniffed it so so messed up that I couldn't sniff it anymore. So, so naturally the next best option was for me to start shooting it. And so that's what I started doing. I was at the worst point. I was shooting cocaine probably about 15 times a day and, uh, even had a very near death, near death overdose experience. And, uh, the power of addiction was so strong that even right able to justify what happened and be making up another shot 30 minutes after that. And so what finally brought all that to an end was I fell asleep at the wheel at a stoplight. My foot some, somehow stayed on, on the brake and uh, I woke up to the police pulling me out of my vehicle and I had drugs and a gun on me. So I had to go to court and even though I had an attorney that was like, hey, no big deal. You'll just get some probation, something like that. Uh, the judge didn't see it that way, and I ended up getting a 20-year prison sentence um, that day in court. And that moment there really changed my life as reality set in. They you know, were cuffing me up. My family's crying. I just I made a decision that day in court that I was going to change my life and that I was going to help other people change their life. So I spent seven years, six months, and 18 days locked up, and I made sure I stuck with the decision I made that day that I was going to change my life. I made every single day count uh, until the day that I got out, and I knew that I wanted to do something having to do with, with counseling slash psychology uh, slash fitness because those were the things get my life back together. Uh, the, the leading questions first being locked up was, you know, what led up to this? How can I not do that again? And, you know, what can I do with my life now to really make an impact and, and help people moving forward? So I got out September 11th, 2012, and uh, I started as a one-on-one -on -one trainer in the gym I'm at now. And just kept it real with them. Like, hey, I'm a certified personal trainer, but I just got out of prison. I'm looking for somebody to give me an opportunity. And uh, that was where it all started. So I'm actually still in that same location, have since transformed it from a regular 24-hour uh, training facility to, to now a uh, CrossFit facility. That's about 16,000 square feet. And um, on the way there... So Aligning the the journey in uh, fitness business with the journey of navigating through addiction and through prison that there's it's there's always obstacles to overcome. There's always uh, limiting beliefs that need to be broken. You know, on for myself and for people that I work with. Continuous 
never-ending journey of new growth and development and overcoming obstacles. Wow, man, that is a story. Um, I usually keep these questions pretty short, but that was uh, that was dude, that was that was a whirlwind, my man. Like that was incredible. Um, wow, I'm just like I'm stunned right now. Oh, man, I, I don't even know. I, I mean, the thing is, is because I, I think fitness is, um, unfortunately, it's actually going really bad. Like, I, I think um, it's almost like we're inundated with information, and because of that, um, people are actually getting uh, heavier, and they're not getting uh, fitter. And, and I'm not saying that even gaining weight isn't a bad thing. Sometimes... You got to gain weight sometimes just to gain strength, for example, you know, depending on what your goal is. I want to hear, you know, in the next 30 seconds, um, what's the most valuable piece of information that we should know that's within your expertise or industry? Well, what I've really realized is just like what you said, Logan, that we're in a time where people are, are actually, you know, gaining weight, even though they're working out. And I think the focus has been too much on the actual fitness part versus uh, the 90% of what happens outside of the gym, what the thoughts that are entering your mind, the, the food that you're putting in your body, the influences that, that you're around, um, I think really makes up the majority of people's transfer. I like that. I love that. And success. I love that. Dude. I love that. Um, I'm curious. Uh, what do you think is your favorite movie that's inspiring to you that someone could check out maybe uh, that's within your area of expertise? Favorite movie? Favorite inspiring movie? Oh, man. That is a, that's a tough one. Um, to me on that one let that one sit in my my subconscious for for a few minutes okay uh if you could give your younger self just one piece of advice um in the next 30 seconds or so what would it be i would say to to get a mentor you know find out like figure out where do you want to be there and have them and ask them for some help and guidance to help you get there. I love that, dude. I love that. Um, so I'm curious. Like The thing is, is I think that um, actually I know for a fact that um, depression, anxiety, and suicide rates are actually they're increasing, not getting smaller. And I really did start the show as a way to make someone feel less alone. And uh, I'm wondering... Um, in an attempt to make someone feel a little bit less alone about their struggles, what was uh, the last time that you, you, you felt something so wrong that you felt like almost crying even as a man? And, and maybe you did cry. Uh, I, would, I would probably be lying if I didn't say that there are still times that I definitely fight with that. I mean, I think as a human that to experience emotions like that, to feel like you're not good enough, um, that, uh, you aren't accepted or you aren't loved. Those are, 
Is there, is there something specific that recently happened to you? Maybe that you could share? Um, let's see. I guess right now there is a, a pretty big industry shift in, in fitness. And I guess as a, a, a business owner, the, the bigger you put yourself out there, the more you have to be willing to accept criticism and not everybody's going to like you. And sometimes said that are hurtful and it's just being able to, to take something like that and be able to, in your mind, try to align with the person and the feelings they might have to say something like that. And then to refocus on, on what your, your mission is and what you're trying to do and just accept that that's just a part of life that people are going to, not everybody is going to like you and can't focus on those negative things because if you come the negative, you'll always find it. Yeah, that's so true. Uh, actually, I, I heard this neurologist say it the best, um, because of our instincts to just survive as a species, um, we have a trait inside of our brains that goes, oh, this is, this is uh, negative. And, and we need to basically take this experience and superglue it to our brains because it is negative. And the positive, that's when time goes by fast and stuff. Your brain really doesn't hold on to that stuff as much. It just kind of lets it go through like a, a slipping slide. Um, and because of that, it's just a survival thing. It's like y your brain really doesn't need the good to survive. Uh, the stuff that makes you happy, unfortunately, uh, it's just not as useful and that's scary. Um, so it's, it's that, that's why just getting through a single day, I think is an accomplishment. Um, I'm curious though, for asking just a few more questions to round it out because we're about to hit the 20 minute mark and I like to keep these short and sweet. Um, I'm just going to ask you a few more questions and then we'll round it out. Okay. Cool. Awesome, Rob. Uh, dude, what is your favorite event slash social gathering that you've recently, uh, gone to? Really? I am, uh, a pretty hardcore introvert. You know, I really try to work on that a big part of that. I think, you know, maybe due to the time in, in prison, but where I find the most uh, value and where I, I'm really able to thrive is in, uh, I guess, mastermind type events where I'm uh, getting to network with other people who are going through similar situations as me uh, has been where I've really felt the most open, I guess. Sometimes it's, it's tough in regular public situations. I hear that man you're not the only one you're not the only one i know someone someone out there is definitely um definitely feeling the same way what what do you think is your own specific definition of success i think success is you finding happiness and continually progressing towards for yourself progress yeah that's what's up i love that dude uh what's one of your favorite books man one of my favorite like pretty much anything brian tracy 
is Brian Tracy is one of the mo- the best, most powerful, influential authors, speakers. Um, I read his stuff a lot. He really talks a lot about the power of the subconscious mind and and the, the thoughts that you allow into your mind and that you say to yourself. So Brian Tracy would probably be at the top of my list. Dude. Yeah, Brian Tracy's the man. Eat, eat the frog. I love that book. Um, eat that frog. So, guys, you can actually find that book uh, just through the link if you want to support the show at all. And total total transparency, if, if you do, I get a little cut of it. So please uh, purchase that book through the link that I provide on the show. But um, I really want to ask Rob, man. Um, Rob, I think it, it, it this... This question is like one of the most important questions that I ask of you because I think actually a lot of people are falling into the uh, hole that listening to self-help stuff and listening to self-improvement stuff uh, is is enough. But I, I really fear that that is enough. I think it's actually not enough. I think what you have to do is, is the homework outside of it. That's why I say that. Um, the only author that got anything from writing a self-help book was the author himself or herself, not actually the person reading it. Um, I mean, they, they consume the information, but until you do anything with that information, it's not really doing anything. So what's one, one piece of homework that you'd like to give someone specifically after they get done listening to this podcast that they can do uh, and, and, and actually learn something from it? To in your mind that's scaring you right now and face it because going toward the fear and doing the thing that you fear doing having the conversation that you're fearing having is what's going to cause you to grow is what's going to be able to allow you to take that self-help information and put it to use put it to the test and have to be willing to fail and failing <clears throat> is how you grow. And if you can align failure with growth, you will always win. You will always come away from the situation with a sense of accomplishment if you can reframe it and look at it like that. Dude, you're so right. Man, this has been an awesome conversation, my man. I really, really enjoyed you coming on the show. Um, where can people find more of you if they want to uh, like connect with you? Rob Groupie on Facebook. Uh, I work with people at my facility also online. So you can definitely direct message me on Facebook or on Instagram, Instagram, Rob Groupie there as well. Dude, that's so awesome. Yes, please reach out to him. He's super responsive. Um, This guy's been through a lot and I just want to acknowledge you, Rob, man, um, for really transforming your habits because I know what it's like to struggle with addiction and breaking that pattern is easily the hardest thing you'll ever do is, you know, I mean, when you walk into a store for some, for, for, for example, and you've had problems maybe in the past of stealing and, and having that anxiety of just walking out and actually paying for the thing that you're getting, or when you, um, you know, go outside and you see somebody give you a weird look and you have that addiction of wanting to rage out and, and fight them instead of just 
you know, letting them pass on by, it is, it is hard. So I really want to acknowledge you for that, Rob. Like that's, man, just virtual hug for getting through that. But, um, anyways, uh, I guess you did, you didn't hear me, but, um, I hope you did. I didn't, I didn't, I heard the virtual hug. I don't know if you said anything after that. Oh, dude, I said, I I just said virtual hug uh, and then I was done. (laughs) Sweet, man. All right, dude, I will let you go. Um, this has been amazing. Everyone, thank you so much for listening to the show. If, if you, if you found this at all inspiring, just hit that share button. It takes two seconds to just share it with a friend or a family member. Uh, and it really means the world to me. And and, you, and I know that it's stories that are going to ultimately save our humanity and uh, keep us going. So thank you for sharing yours, Rob. I really appreciate it. Definitely. Thanks for having me on the show, man. Wow. I loved it. <laughs> oh, wow. You made it to the very end of the show. Thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of Scratch Your Own Itch with your host, Logan Tyler Nelson. To make it to the end? Gosh, that doesn't happen very much nowadays. I mean, especially with the constant distraction. So I appreciate all of the efforts that you just took out of your day to make it to the end. And if you hit that subscribe button and leave a review, you would have no idea what that would mean to me. So thank you so much for taking the time to hit that subscribe button. And if you leave a review, check it out. Just screenshot it, send it to me, and I'd love to host your review out on the show. But don't ever forget, like I say, you matter and you're enough. Yeah.